1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. We're getting ready for week nine, the Chicago Bears Monday night football. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about, including a schedule for next week for our YouTube programming, as well as our morning shows. We'll talk about all that. To do that and more, we'll bring on uh, people like Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's up, Brian? How are you?
0: Very good, Jeff. Dave, good to see you, fellas. Hey, it is uh, it is beautiful when your Steelers are four and three, and you're getting ready to play Monday Night Football against a a storied rival from the old NFL days. Yeah,
1: been a while since they've beaten the, the Bears. Anyways, Dave Schofield, what's up, Dave?
2: Hey, I'm just happy to be here talking with you guys. It's uh, it's it's weird because it's Thursday, but it feels like Wednesday because the Steelers have an extra day yet. Tomorrow's Friday. It, it just – it the Steelers' schedule being off throws off my schedule. It, it, I don't know if anyone else is like that or not.
1: Well, especially with the website and our podcasting platform when you're so regimented during the season with how you do things on a typical Sunday and then all of a sudden that gets thrown out the window. It's it's definitely uh, – thr- next week's going to be even crazier because the game's on Monday. Tomlin will be talking with media on Tuesday, and then they're going to be gearing up for the Lions in week 10. I want to get things started right off the bat with uh, just a quick question. We have to talk about this because you're talking about the Bears. You're talking about coming off of the Browns winning week eight. Do we talk about a letdown? Do we? Is this a letdown game waiting to happen, Brian Anthony Davis, yes or no?
0: It's always a letdown game waiting to happen when the Steelers are favored. So, yes, it is. there is a possibility.
1: Would you say that the Seattle Week 6 game was a letdown, Brian?
0: Eh, no, um, I really don't, because that is a team that was playing well but had an injury that has... Where'd you go? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't well, know. Stop talking. Hey, you're, you're still, you're you're still, still here. here. <laughs> you just Stop. you just talking. <laughs> there, 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 was, there was crazy music in my ears, and I was like, wow. Um <laughs>
2: Oh, you got another you got something going I on in another day. Yeah.
0: It, it was a crazy jingle. And I'm like, oh, what have like, I done? Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, Seattle had, had three losses when that happened. Um, <laughs> that, you know that could have, I mean, that would have been a letdown game if they lose it, but this is a little bit more because now there are higher expectations than there were back in the Seattle game. The reason there's higher expectations is this team has won three straight. They're four and three. They are uh, possibly on the verge. So if I'm going to steal from the title, you cannot overlook any team, but you definitely can't overlook a team like the Chicago Chicago Bears that were a playoff team actually last year and that uh, won three games in a row at one point this season.
1: Yeah, and you forget that they did make the playoffs last year. But, Dave, I'll go ahead and ask you the same question I asked Brian. Is this a letdown waiting to happen?
2: This this is the – this is the letdown potential. Whether or not it is a letdown depends on how they play and if they win the game. But to me, I have my own numerical formula to whether or not it's a potential letdown game. And that is if you're of coming course. off of, course of, of course. No, no, well, I, I won't go too much into the numbers, but no, <laughs> I think people agree with this. If you're coming off of a win of a game in which you were an underdog and then you are favored by more than three points that's the potential for the letdown game in my opinion cuz you're you're you just won a game that you weren't supposed to now are you going to not win the game that you are supposed to that to me would be a letdown game and if they don't win this it's a that's what it is and these happen you know we we've seen them we've seen close ones and that's the thing because you sometimes you can still manage to win the game but but look like that the Tennessee Titans came off of two huge victories. Um, and then they basically woulda, coulda, shoulda lost to the Colts. The, the same thing happened to to the Bengals. They had that big win over Baltimore. Then they go into New York and when they're big favorites and, and lose it. So that, to me, would be a letdown game. So this is the formula um, to, to be that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna to have to. It's something that Michael Beck said, I believe, on Tuesday on his live mic podcast, which you can check out on our podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts. Um, he said that I think that it being a primetime game helps in that regard. Absolutely, like national Completely stage. Agree. I think the color rush uniforms being worn, like I think that all helps. Um, it, I've always said, like, if you, if you have to motivate yourself, that's a problem. Like, if you're a professional athlete, you have to get up for a game. Like, that's a, that's a bigger issue. We have bigger issues. But still, there are times where you look at a team like the Bears and Justin Fields as a rookie quarterback, and you're like, well, they didn't have our attention like that division game last week on the road against the Browns, and that was, that was a really tough game coming off of a bye. They spent two weeks on that game preparing for that game, so I could see why that is maybe considered to be a concern. Nonetheless, let's talk about the Bears a little bit. Brian, you mentioned it. This is the title of the podcast, why they shouldn't be overlooked. We know they love to run the ball. Dave's going to give us some numbers on that. But, Brian, give me some another reason why the Bears should not be overlooked by the Pittsburgh Steelers, or in that respect, their fans, who might be you know, looking ahead already past week nine.
0: Well, when you look at this team, the Chicago Bears, you see – once again, a team that was in the playoffs last year, and they have a very good running game. Now they have a uh, a rookie named Khalil Herbert who is uh, doing some very good things that a lot of a lot of people uh, myself included didn't know much about. but this guy has the ability to uh really get free and uh, beat up on this team. But they also have a a decent defense on this team, but they have some key injuries on that defense as well. The one thing that might be an advantage for the Steelers this week is the fact that uh, Jeff is not the fan of the week for this primetime game. (laughs) The last time Jeff was the fan of the week from NBC, Um, the the team was embarrassed.
1: Oh, that was a horrible start to the season. They started 0-4 that year. It was 2013, and
0: it's
1: a great experience though it was a great experience i'll never forget that weekend that was a great weekend great seats was on the field before i the, keep the looking for footage
0: <laughs> i haven't what? found the footage but i'm waiting to <laughs> see the Hardman. it's like yeah yeah
1: <laughs> like, no, yeah no uh-uh. no I, I don't know if we ever even made it on tv to be honest with you but uh no it was great that's jonathan dwyer was a running back at that time I think it was bad Troy Paloma was just coming mm-hmm. off injury, uh, that week
2: three, I think. Cause it was, because Bell was, he was still out. He hadn't played his first game. Right. Yet, right? His so first his game was, was in. Beginning. He didn't in play the week four in, in England.
1: Yeah. Yep. Greg Jennings game. Yeah. So, uh, Okay. Thanks for bringing that up. I didn't
2: <laughs> yeah. intend didn't, didn't to bring it up in a, little the up. a little bit more,
1: which by the way, <laughs> they picked me. I did not enter any contest or anything like that. Like they found me and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a prank when the NBC uh, Sunday night football account followed me and said, DM us. We want you to be the fan of the week. I was like, this is funny. You guys are messing with me. And they were <laughs> Anyways, uh, Dave, why don't you read us those rushing numbers? You've read this on your Stat Geek, but they're very telling. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I said it on Stat Geek that this is the most unbalanced team that the Steelers have faced this year, and I don't know if they'll face an, a, a more unbalanced team. And, and what's interesting is you can be unbalanced but be really successful, or you could be unbalanced and it's not working for you. For the Bears, it's it's the it's the latter, not the former. Because they average, let's do the averages. They average passing the ball in a game 127.4 yards a game, which is dead last in the NFL. But yet in rushing, they're fifth in the NFL averaging 136.6 yards. So yes, you heard that correctly. They average more rushing yards than passing yards per game this season. And this is why they're last in the NFL in total yardage as well, but they're not bad running the ball, but yet it doesn't matter. You would think a team that's, that's getting so many rushing yards is because they're winning games and that's what they have to do. And really it's not, it's really that that's all they can do.
1: I can't remember the last time that this was the case where a team ran the ball better than they threw the ball in today's past happy NFL, but how much, I mean, the,
2: go ahead. The Ravens work like that, you know, a little bit, especially what, what would I say? Probably the 2019 Ravens more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, But that was because they were doing it and having success. This is, this is different. This just feels different.
1: So let me ask you all this about Justin Fields. Um, You know, he's, he's had his ups and downs. He's had some really bad games and he showed some promise On a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being really concerned, 1 being not concerned at all, what's your concern level with the Steelers' defense going against Justin Fields? Brian, we'll start with you.
0: My only concern is just letting up and not really, uh, you know, just not taking him seriously and them getting out to a, you know, a fluke big lead early. Like, for some reason, you know, not expecting... Him to go deep on them and just uh, and just launching one, or the potential to go back to uh, the Terrell Pryor game for against the Raiders back in 2013 when he ran for like 97 yards um, on one play just for a touchdown just to beat them. Just really, if uh, if you take this guy lightly, you know how much talent he has. I don't care whether we went to Ohio State or you know, Ohio university, this, I mean, forget where he played college. The guy has a lot of talent. And so you just cannot, you cannot really, you know, let him, you know, take him lightly. Cause if you do, he has the potential to burn you. They, he has been a part of some, some wins this season.
1: So what is your number again out of one through 10?
0: It is a, uh, it's a five. <laughs> there you it's go. a five. There Thank go.
1: you for answering the initial question. Dave, I'll ask you the same question. One to ten. What's your concern level for the Steelers defense okay. going against Justin Fields?
2: Um, I I've I I like badge five. I like the the in the middle of the road because he's you know, he's a first round draft pick from this past year. So, you know, there's the potential, you kind of have an idea. You never know if these guys are going to pan out and it could be any week that could be their big bust out week. And if you think about it, if you're, if you're talking about a, a a young quarterback, how many starts is this going to be for him? He didn't start the season. So I don't know if this is, is this start number three, maybe I, I might be off there. I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing a shot in the dark at there. But it's on Monday Night Football on the national stage. If, if someone's primed for a breakout game, this would be it. But we also know that only – do even half of the first round – quarterbacks ever work out in a given draft, if you know what I'm saying. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll ever break out. And that's part of the reason why he didn't go as high is because they thought not that he'll never break out, but he might need a little bit more time to develop. So I'm kind of glad that the Steelers are getting him now rather than December, because at any given moment, he has that potential. I just, until we see it, and I'm hoping that we just don't see it against the Steelers. So that's the thing. You know it could happen. Jeff, Jeff loves that potential word. You know, all means that you haven't done it yet. I just want him to not do it against the Steelers.
1: This is his sixth start of the season out of eight games for the Chicago Bears. Oh, really? He field.
2: started that many? Yeah. Wow. I
1: remember Danny uh, Dalton got injured, and so he was kind of thrust into yeah. the starting role earlier than they had planned um not terrible numbers 991 yards only throwing three touchdowns with a 59.5 percent completion percentage um so yeah how many interceptions uh, ah dave i just closed my phone <laughs>
2: <laughs> come on why'd you <laughs> do that because I, I i wanted to know the touchdowns versus interceptions that's let me you look. know what i'm saying i'll bring it it's right here um
0: yeah okay so
1: he is two and four
0: as a starter. Seven interceptions, to
1: three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Ooh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sacked twenty six times.
2: <laughs> well, I know. Oh, and well, I know the Bears have given up thirty sacks. So <laughs> I'm him sorry, having twenty
1: six of them is not. Well, I think that's yeah. so funny. He's been sacked twenty six times. It's insane. In six starts. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, I can't guys, wait for. i'm missing brian brian's got a little delay yeah. there. we apologize about brian, that yeah um so you know the guys like this guys like fields always kind of scare me a little bit and the reason why is and we're, we're back, back. And, <laughs> you just never know boy we are just on our <laughs> game today um you just so. never know what you're gonna get you know i i remember the steelers playing michael vick i remember obviously lamar jackson Um. And Steelers I actually haven't played Lamar Jackson as many times as you think in his career with the Baltimore Ravens, but they've played mobile quarterbacks. I know there's others that I'm not forgetting, whether it's Donovan McNabb in the past. And Ben, they just break your back. It's those plays that you think you have them, and then they break a run for 25 or more yards. And it's just, I'm going to say that it's a six in the current concern level. It's a rookie. I remember Dick LeBeau used to just toy with rookie quarterbacks. Can we say the same about Keith Butler defense? Brian, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Okay. Uh, Dave, go okay. ahead.
2: <laughs> I was ready for Brian to go off on a on a, on a long soliloquy. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers have done well against rookie quarterbacks even since Coach LeBeau. So I'm going to say I don't know if it's as much toy with them or just – or or just make sure they get the job done. I don't. I don't care. They don't have to go out and 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 crush the soul of Justin Fields. Just go out and win the game.
1: I'd love to see a dominant win. I'm not going to be. I'm not going. to That lie. would be like, nice. I would love to see a <laughs> dominant win. One that we can kind
2: just of just to start working on stuff for the next morning <laughs> yes. in the second half.
1: Absolutely. Abs. No doubt about it. So Dave, you need Carolina. Be...
0: Good. Oh. I'm sorry. I must be delayed. You need a Carolina victory from Thursday night football from a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was a good one for sure. I remember that one. Uh, Let's um, let's do a good segue into the injury report. Dave, do you have that handy after you sneeze? God bless you. Um
2: yeah, <laughs> well, then, please please tell me I'm I muted that no, though no, didn't you I? You
1: did. I was just looking at you. <laughs>
2: okay, okay. So if you're listening in podcast form, you're like, what is Jeff talking about? If you're watching on on, on YouTube or Facebook Live, yeah, you you saw that her, horrendous reaction. Um, so I'm that. This is me stalling to bring up the the. The injury report. <laughs> uh, there were five names on the list, and there was only one player who did not participate, and that was Eric Ebron. Um, I'm thinking his injury had to happen in practice last Thursday. I think right. it was he was not he was not on there Wednesday. Thursday he was limited, which tells me he was practicing until he got hurt. Didn't practice Friday, haven't practiced since. Um, and honestly, as some people were saying. Don't know that they're overly concerned if the if the two tight ends played like they did last week, you know, uh if Ebron's not there. But of the four other players, we've got to say, because I know everyone's asking about it, Chris Boswell was a limited participant. That is really good yep. because that's step one of moving through the protocol. Right. You've got to come out and and they they're not going to let you go full most likely. And your first practice back, you're going to have to be limited, do some work, and then you have to be evaluated to see where you go from there. If I understand it correctly, so. But it was Ben Roethlisberger did practice because it wasn't a Wednesday. They, they treated it a lot like Wednesday of last week. Um, he he practiced, but he didn't practice fully. He just was limited some. Um, probably you know more than anything, given reps to the other two quarterbacks. Um, Kim Hayward was limited with an ankle. I think that's more of a vet thing. And then the other strange one was BJ Finney with a back injury. For all we know, that could be like Ebron last week. He might have heard it during practice. We don't know. We'll have to see what it says tomorrow. Can we talk about the
1: tight ends real quick before we go to the Chicago injury report? Even if Ebron comes back, tell me why he should get more playing time than even someone like Zach Gentry at this point. Either one of you guys, I don't care who goes. I mean, it's one of those situations where Gentry, my goodness, he he has good hands. He has good hands, and he's a heck of a blocker. I'm mm. going to trust KT Smith and Jeffrey Benedict on this when they say he's a really good blocking tight end now. Why would you play Ebron? Why is it Ebron even a, a concern at this point? Anyone?
0: Brian? Brian? I'm surprised he's still here, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be traded the other day to another team. Maybe they couldn't get anybody for him. But, and a lot of people said one of the reasons he's here is because Juju's not, and there's still going to be plenty of balls to go around. But from what I saw from Zach Gentry, it was really impressive. And it takes a while for some of these guys to really come into their own. Remember, Jesse James, yes, he caught that ball. Now, Jesse James took a while to become a good blocking tight end. And one of the things that he's being relied upon, he's had a little bit of a uh, reawakening in in Chicago, Jesse James has. But one of the reasons, one of the things about him, it just took him so long to become a blocker in Pittsburgh. And he was something he was working on for a while and working on. And now he is a uh, very good blocker. And he was relied upon in Pittsburgh as a blocker. That's... Kind of what I see happening with Zach Gentry. He has paid his dues. He's in year number three. He's put a lot of time in practice. The people that don't know that aren't in that practice bubble do not understand what the coaching staff understands about him. Now we're finally getting to see it. And those three catches the other day were a pretty big deal for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. They uh, they don't get in the position to win that game if they don't have key catches from mr gentry so i don't see really you you keep on seeing eric ebron's numbers and targets go down and his playing time go down i just really don't see why that he is uh why he is still here they might have not had a chance to trade him but i think gentry is probably internally becoming the number two dave what do you think
2: Well, I wanted to, I was trying to look up the exact date, but remember Gentry went on IR last year. It was in, it was in November, but it it was was later in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was earlier, but, um, no, under the transactions, it wasn't until November where he went on IR. Um, so he, he didn't even have a full season last year. When it comes to Ebron, it's funny what someone said it in the live chat and I didn't, didn't leave it up there to say it It like, because he's a volunteer, not a hostage. Um, and everything about Ebron being traded. I don't know that anything from that came from anything, even remotely close to the Steelers. That's just stuff that fans wanted that they brought up. I didn't hear any reliable source say that they were even considering doing such a thing with Ebron. That was just something that, that, that a lot of the fans were thinking that they could, but when he's injured, Who's going to want to give you anything for him anyway? So either way, but to me, when it comes to Eric Ebron, if the Steelers are in a game where they have the lead and they're trying to protect the lead, continue to score all that other stuff and run their normal offense, I like Zach Gentry and Pat Fairmouth. I, I, I butchered his name. Farramuth. There. There I got it right. Um, But if you're in a game where the Steelers are down and have and Ben's going to have to try to be Ben and be chucking the ball like crazy, that's to me when you want an Eric Ebron on the field because even though he in the preseason he was a much better blocker and didn't really transfer over into the regular season, if you're going to have him out there, he's basically another wide receiver right now because you're not going to the other two guys work better as a tight end than what he does.
1: No, I agree. I think uh, Ben Roethlisberger compared Gentry to Matt Spath. and if they could find another Matt Spath, that would be great. Yeah, You know, the last time we talked, last Thursday, Melvin Ingram was still on the team. I want to talk to you all about this too. Yeah. He's been traded for a conditional six-round pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. Brian, my
0: first question is, what were your thoughts when the trade was made? Too bad they couldn't get more for him, but they couldn't get more for him because nobody wanted to pay that price, and that was the best price they can get. So you Dave made a great point with the uh the famous uh Mike Mike Tomlin line. volunteers not hostages. He's a hostage, and they decided to set him free. Dave, what were your
1: thoughts w- immediately when you heard about the trade?
2: um. Not surprised. We were all waiting to see where he would go and what they would get. Apparently, KC was the only team that was interested. The fact that they got a sixth is good. Now, it's conditional. They didn't say what the condition is. I have my own theory on that. Should I share that real quick? Sure. Go for it. I, I think what the condition is, is that the Chiefs currently have two six-round picks. They have their own, and they have one they acquired from the Ravens as part of the Orlando Brown Jr. trade. And I think the condition is going to be they they agreed that the Steelers are going to get either the higher of the two or the lower of the two, and they don't know which one it's going to be until the final, until everything's set after the season's over. Um, it could be other things, like based on his play or you know, how many snaps he plays. I don't know if the Steelers would even do that. To me, I think that's what the condition is. Um, but that's just a shot in the dark. But I mean, I are the Steelers a better defense now that Elvin Melvin Ingram is gone. I don't believe they are better, but at the same time, it wasn't if it was going to be a problem, it wasn't it, it didn't improve them enough to keep him around, if you know what I mean. And so the fact that they got a pick is good because if not, they were probably just gonna have to release him.
1: Do you think it would have been a problem, Dave? if he would have stayed, you know, think about James Harrison, you know, TJ, TJ Watt. you know, yeah. Watt's rookie year with James Harrison, sitting around and leaving early and being like a butthead in the, in the yeah. within the organization. Do you think Melvin Ingram was going to cause an issue?
2: I mean, well, let's just say this, you know, he went from having such a terrible groin injury. He couldn't even drive the bus to Cleveland to where he then practiced yesterday for the chiefs. So, you, if you know what I'm saying, there there had to be more going on. Obviously, there was more going on behind the scenes. We all know this because if not, there, the trade never would have happened. How bad was it? I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever say. I don't know if the Steelers will ever say. To me, I just, the way Coach Tomlin talked in the press conference about, you know, liking to bring players up through the draft and have them, you know, buy into the philosophy, just told me that, to me ingram came in with one what with something else completely in mind than the way steelers do things which the i can i mentioned it on one of my podcasts i don't know if it was Scobro show or stat geek or which one or even the breaking news podcast that to me i that that goes to show that perhaps he came from a place where hey you aren't working with the guy sitting next to you for you to all to get better even if i mean how many guys on the steelers defense have trained their replacements and, and help bring them up to speed to get them good enough to ultimately be their replacements. That's not how it is everywhere else. And maybe Ingram didn't like having to mentor a player like Alex Highsmith that then got the playing time over him. And if, if that's it, then that's not the way the Steelers do things. And that's probably why he wasn't happy, which meant he wasn't really a true Steeler. And so let him go.
1: Now, Michael Beck, who I have on my Let's Ride podcast every Friday, the Blue Check Beck segment, uh, he said that he heard both Chris Wormley and Cam Hayward kind of allude to it's better that he's gone. In other words, it's mm-hmm. the best of both worlds. Not, not that they wanted to see him go, but it's better that he's gone. Brian, did you think that Ingram could have been a major issue in that locker room?
0: Absolutely, he could have been. I mean, now you don't it- – you heard when he came in that you had a guy that was a uh, you know, really good citizen and, and great in the locker room. But if there's whispers, if you're hearing some stuff like that, you know what's a problem and you take whatever pick you can get because you don't want to be in a position where you're the Cleveland Browns right now, where they could have traded Odell Beckham Jr. two days ago and now they're saying that they're not going to have him for the rest of the year, and there's something going on there. He might end up on another team as well, or they might just send him home for the remainder of the year. So You did not want to do that with Ingram because that's a huge loss. So you, you have to uh, you have to decide and not worry about the, uh, the court of public opinion when you make a decision like this to take a sixth-round pick for Melvin Ingram third. There's writing on the wall. There was writing on the wall six years ago when Legarrett Blunt was, was a problem. We did not know the kind of problem he was. But when you have guys like Brett Kiesel saying, yeah, it's good he's gone, like they said back when, uh, when he went AWOL after the Tennessee game, when that happened, you realize that, all right, you just got nothing for this guy, and now he's with the Patriots. So this is something you... You got a sixth round pickback. You you got the guy, you paid for the guy for five games. You only owe him about sixty thousand dollars more. Um, from what I, I might have heard that on Dave's show. Uh they sorry, they do run together, so I do apologize yeah. for that. Yeah, um uh, you only yeah, so I, because I've been I've been listening to everything we put out lately and and I heard that $60,000 number. So y- you got off relatively cheap. This is not a guy that that uh you lost any player for picking up. So you had him for you had him for the rental. You only had him for another 10 games anyways. So now you have that sixth round pick and it's just a point where You don't have the problem, and if there's anything taking away from the cohesiveness of that group, and you always recently you feel that the Steelers have been a cohesive group since A B left. So you know, I kind of feel that he was going to be a problem, and you don't have to go down that road of having you know pie in your face which I'd love to have some pie in my face sometimes, but uh, you, you don't want to have egg on your face or or what have you in a situation like you you would have if you were Cleveland right now because now they've got a big problem.
1: No, you're right. They do have a big problem. Uh, they would have had a big problem if they didn't trade him, and I think they learned their lesson from the previous players that you mentioned, whether it's LeGarrette Blount, James Harrison, even Antonio Brown. And someone mentioned, I think it might have been Clarence Washington in the live chat saying the Steelers have a very young locker room and they do. They do have a very young locker room uh, and sometimes that can be impressionable. So it's one of those situations where sometimes you got to cut the cancer out, I guess. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about taco time see what that's all about. If there's anything to get excited about, or maybe if it's just another player as well as over under our predictions and trivia. So if you're on the podcast side, head over to part two, if you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, stay tuned because we're not going anywhere. Be right back.